And that's the bottom line. Why? Because those Stone Cold said so. Thank you very much, you son of a bitch. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. The member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Patreon is the the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds, tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat. What's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. Now, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, I know you think you're in the midst of of a national holiday. I know you think you're in the midst of St. Patty's Day, but the real holiday was the day before. It was 316. It was Stone Cold Steve Austin Day, hence the special introduction. And speaking of someone that will never be stone cold in my heart, he is my co-host. He is the man of the hour, and he is the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, how you doing on this uh, stone cold day as we record? How could anyone not get excited at that? The moment the glass breaks, it makes me want to run through a plate of glass. You can, you feel his walk. You see the walk. Whenever anyone that was born in the 80s or the 70s, when you hear that sound, you just, you, you feel the swagger walk. It's uh, the, the greatest thing that I would love to do is at my wedding reception, bust through the door with my wife when that song starts to play my best man throws me a beer i crack it and we start getting to roll listen listen randy i'm excited i don't i I don't know how any human being on the planet could listen to that and not get just jacked about it it's it's a top three hype up you know soundbite for me you know get ready by uh by i think his name is archie that's a we ready. That's another one. But Stone Cold man, listen, holiday. He's a a staple of American culture for people in our generation. We, you know, we're sort of a mixed breed. You're, I'm a little older for my generation. You're a little younger for your generation. We're sort of mixed in. He's a staple for both of them. Bless his heart. It, it, we we should we should deify the man. The man should be a saint. It should be Saint Stone, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He will be in my heart, at least. Well, a couple little factoids. Uh, a, that walk or strut, as you call it, he actually calls that his BMF walk. And BMF stands for a bad motherfucker. That's his BMF walk. And he lets you know that when he's walking to the ring, 
he means business. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is part of the reason why I got into podcasting. That was the first podcast I listened to. Man, it's got to be eight, nine years ago at this point. The first one I heard was Stone Cold Steve Austin and former UFC fighter Chael Sonnen. And it was a thing of beauty. And I'll tell you what else is a thing of beauty, Jerry. Five-star reviews. Man, they continue to come in, and we continue to say, as Jerry would say, bless your little hearts. It means a ton to us. I mean, this is literally the lifeblood of how we grow any podcast, not just ours, but um, man, it feels really good. We're now over 210. We would love to be at 300 by the time that the NFL season kicks off. And man, this along with rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show everywhere, social media, on your Facebook um, Instagram's a little weird. You can only share it in the story and it can only be Spotify. I have no idea why, but anywhere where you can put us out there, we would greatly appreciate it. I want to read a review from Forest Red Wood via Apple Podcast. And he says, always pumping out premium content, always keeping me up to date so I can make crippling trades. I hope he means crippling his opponent and not himself, but uh, if he listens said, to me, it's the other way. But well, well, that's why that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm here to help you <laughs> and Forrest keep on the right track. And he said, ten, uh, 100 out of 10 would totally recommend." So Forested or Forest Redwood, thank you so much for taking the time to give us some positive feedback. And you can give us any feedback. Um, we want to know. We want to help grow and make this thing better. And you know about the YouTube contest. Remember, we need 500 subs by June 1st. And I will show up and I will pull a stone cold. I will arrive. I will raise hell and I will leave at your rookie draft round one. Yeah, I'll bring the song. I'll bring my soundboard. We'll do all kinds of fun stuff. And you will be able to basically have a memory of always being able to go to the DWZ Warzone channel on YouTube and being able to go back and look at that first round like in like three years. Because there's going to be busts. There's always busts in in every rookie draft, in the NFL's draft, our draft, the NBA draft. There's always bust. And see, this way, when one of your fellow GMs has a bust pick, you can like literally send them that clip on YouTube to their phone and say, "Do you remember when you drafted so and so at the 107? God, you are the biggest piece of trash in the history of dynasty fantasy football." But, uh, yeah, man, we got to get to 500. So go over to YouTube, just notifications turned on while subscribing. I get an email. Well, actually the show gets an email and I just copy and paste you over into the contest. And on June 1st, if we get to 500, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll host a draft. And remember at the end of the draft, I'll do a podcast. I'll do some grades. We'll make it a really neat experience for everybody. So one last thing before we go get, uh, Mr. Kyle Richardson. Um, social media, check us out on Instagram and Twitter at dynasty Warzone. And if you don't do socials, can't say I blame you. Send us an email. It's dynasty Warzone at gmail.com. Uh, I've been helping a lot of people via the dynasty happy hour contractor via dynasty Warzone at gmail.com. Now, real quick, before we go get Kyle, I uh, got to introduce him. Kyle does both fantasy football and fantasy baseball over at the Fantasy Headliners. Always great advice coming out of Kyle, but sometimes, and we're going to hear the tale, at night he morphs into a thing called Swaggy Rich on his Twitch channel, and he is out there slaying fools on a game called Call of Duty Warzone. 
Uh, plus, Kyle is one of a handful of people in the dynasty and fantasy industry that actually know Jerry. He knows you more than I do. At least, he, at least he sooner. predates our relationship. No, I don't know. I don't know yes. that's as deep, but it's definitely an older relation. He's like an old flame back in town. I pretend like I don't care. I really do. I'm not going to sell it. I'm not going to get emotional that your old flames back in town, but it's cool, man. I know you have to be excited to see your buddy. Oh yeah. Always. I mean, he's, he's a Michigan Wolverine fan too. So, I mean, as much as I like Detroit him, I also Lions. hate him a little bit too. Yeah. He's a Lions fan. So I think he's at, a at least we, we've, I I'm sure, I'm sure he's a baseball guy. I know that's a, it's a different sport. Um, I don't really know anything about it. I, I am what we call a fair weather outside of football fan. If my teams are good, I will watch them. But when they suck, I don't care. Like, I, it doesn't bother me. Like, when the Tigers were good, I watched every game. When the Pistons were good, I watched every game. But it, it's not fair for a fair weather person like me to be upset that the, you know, the Tigers suck and stuff like that. Same thing with the Wings. Now, the you know, Lions. The Lions, on the other hand, that's a, that's a different rant for a different day. That'll well, certainly so- come. Yeah, well, we'll talk about this in the body of the show, but I, I've, I've already fixed the Lions. It's easy. It's not as hard. It's like they've been doing this wrong for years. We'll get into that. One thing I, w- I want to call my first time out before we get Kyle, and I want to talk about Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. This is the lifeblood of how we pay for everything here at the Dynasty Warzone. Um, all the stuff. And Jerry, what are the two V's of Dynasty and fantasy football in general? That would be volume and value, my friend. And you know, that's what we give at patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone. So I was looking around, I got a little nib shit in me the other day and I was nibbing and I went to some Patreon pages and I went down a rabbit hole. Did you know that there are Patreons out there that are up to $30 a month for fantasy football content? Guys, our Patreon's five bucks and I think it's the best value. Listen, listen, listen. Let me, let me, let me jump in here. For thirty dollars, mm-hmm. that's that, that's two you know Netflixes. Yeah, listen, and that's that's the four screen Netflix. We're not talking about the cheap one standard definition. That's four HD, maybe even four K. I don't know. I don't have it. I'm a, I'm a peasant. Listen, bless your sweetheart if you got it enough to pay thirty dollars for a Patreon, but uh, they better be shipping you gold. They better be giving you. Sexual favors for that too. I'm not. I'm not going to go too far into that rabbit hole. That's something. No, we're not charging no damn thirty dollars. Listen, listen. We're just here to have fun so that we can keep doing this. Because here's the thing: if you watched us a year ago, actually, you only listened. You didn't watch. You had no idea what in the hell me and Randy looked like. But being having the Patreon, you get to look at at Randy's cute face and and my gorgeous Viridian Global Dynasty Warzone hat. It, it is and and. And, you know, you're going to get to see us in Canton if you want to come to Canton in August. Uh, we will be there, and hang it's only out. because of the Patreon. Just saying. T- t- totally hang out. Yeah, it's going to, you know, help us, you know, continue to get this thing even better. It's five bucks a month. Prices have not gone up. Prices have always stayed the same. We don't have a bunch of weird tiers where we can raise it to like eight or 12 bucks a month, but like throw in the apparel. But if you really wanted our apparel, wouldn't you just go buy your own apparel at Viridian Global instead of us raising the rates to, I, I don't know. I, I find all of that weird. I'm not here to talk about another show's hustle. I'm here to talk about our Patreon. It's five bucks a month. Uh, we don't have a funky Excel spreadsheet, but we do have a custom patron only podcast every Thursday. It is the rave of the Patreon because it's all strategy based. 
We're not sitting here telling you, well, this player's worth this, and you should. Sometimes we we mix in some of that, but it's really strategy based. It's really how to. Um, I still do uh, tons of one on one DMs. I bring on a lot of people. We've been alternating every other week. We've been doing people uh, helping them do like a, a roster rebuild that we share with the rest of the patrons, and then the rest of it's strategy based. So if any of that interests you. And I mean, listen, looking, listen, I'm going to interrupt you one more time. My, one, my one homie more time. Neil Gray, my homie, it's not going to be one more time. It'll be seven or eight more times before the show's over. Homie Neil Gray, Patreon from back in the day. Also Australian, which means he's also a little bit of a psychopath because all Australians are. He's a he's a Scot, Scotsman too. Rocking the kilt and living in Australia. He's a, he's a different breed. Uh, spent, I don't know, the last 10 minutes of this intro, uh, in, in the DMs with him, talking about a roster that he's got to blow up. So, listen, we're out there. That's that, that, that's how you get it. That's a, that's what I'm saying. And, and and it's not just me telling him. You know, it's what are you thinking? What is what is this? Here's the thing about human beings that play Dynasty: all pretty smart, all know what they're doing. And you know, we're just we're just trying to ask the questions to make everybody better, including ourselves. So uh, that's that's my bit. Yeah. And, and it's just one of those things. It's like, do you know, you're listening to a dynasty podcast. Do I want to get better? How do I want to get better? Yeah. Hey, I, I, I want to make a nominal, a small investment in my overall dynasty game. Five bucks a month. Come hang out for a couple of months. Uh, I think that you'll fall in love with the group and the group chat hey, and the listen, people here. I'll say this. Give it a month. Yeah, you don't, you don't like it. You don't month. like it. Tell us to piss off. But for I, one I, month, I, I don't think it's going to be worth. I don't think you're going to do that you're out one Starbucks. You're literally out one Starbucks coffee and you can go right back to Starbucks. As it is. It, it, it's, it's not that great. All right. So enough about the Patreons, patreon.com forward slash dynasty war zone. We thank you guys for everything that you've done. Uh, subscribing to the YouTube channel, participating in that contest, ratings, reviews, considering the just Patreon. listening all just, just downloading this podcast. We think you guys are the best listeners at all of dynasty so thank you for supporting us uh we're gonna go get jerry's former lover not like that <laughs> former fantasy football lover uh kyle richardson of the fantasy headliners and let's go talk to this man about some football let's do it dude all right and here he is as promised on this beautiful national holiday no it's not saint patrick's day it is stone cold steve austin day it is mr <laughs> Kyle Richardson of the Fantasy Headliners. Kyle, welcome back to the War Zone, my friend. Uh, ex- excited to be here. Thank you. And we we kind of have this date or a roundabout of this date scheduled each year. It seems like, and this year I said, "Oh man, I'm going to have to take a step back. I'm not going to be able to do as many guest spots as I normally do." But when I got the message from you, I was like, "Nope, this date is set in stone. We are keeping it going." You know, th- that's the the good and bad thing about the good fortune of making so many friends like you along the way. It's that you would love to get as many new people and new friends and faces on the show as possible. But, man, it's like you've got to get the annual appearance from yourself, from Nick Whalen. We've got Matt Waldman coming on. We've just, we have a, a very good network of guests that just hook us up with so much great information. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, we're going to make the most of this uh, because free agency has not been exactly what we thought it was going to be to date. But we're going to make the, the chicken salad out of chicken scratch as they say, but you are one of the rare people in this industry who know Mr. Jerry Sinclair longer than I know Jerry Sinclair. <laughs> Way back. 
oh man, like what, five years now it feels like? Yeah, it's been there. The, oh my uh, God. the, the precipice of my time in this industry. And it's fun to watch my man grow. See, when we first started, it was like he was in a closet and we were recording an episode. Yeah. He's got the gaming chair. He's got the streaming PC behind him. He's got all the jerseys. This means big time. And listen, if you think I don't watch you play some Warzone while I'm doing paperwork <laughs> at work, you are so mistaken. That's well, been I, the that's been the new fun venture. Like we were kind of talking about before we went live, you know, 2020, you know, they're, you know, kind of going into it. Everyone was like worried, you know, what's going to happen with sports and stuff. And we started brainstorming at the start of it. And they're like, okay, so if there's no football, what what do we do? And we went to gaming and it's worked out pretty well so far. It, it's fun to do. It's a nice kind of release from the normal routine. So it, it kind of helped keep me a little bit fresh with fantasy football this year because I'd, I'd shut everything down and I'd turn on the PlayStation and just game for a little bit and, and drop some bodies in Warzone. And that kind of relieved that stress. Well, I, I want to ask you one, just one more question before we get into the actual football content. I got to know about Swag Rich because I just know you as Kyle Richardson, just good old Kyle from Fort Wayne, Indiana, a fellow Hoosier. But all of a sudden, within the last three-ish months, you've, yep. you, you've morphed. Tell us about the, the metamorphosis into Swag Rich. Oh, man. So Swag Rich started, it was... It was in like a live show last year, I think. I don't remember what I did, but before we went live, I put a headband on. I had the I had the open shirt with a little chest hair showing. Like I was ready to roll. I was just like, all right, we're gonna I don't remember I was on some sort of a soapbox that night, just ready to rant about something. And then the chat was like, Oh man, Kyle's coming here with a little bit of swag tonight. And I was like, All right, swag rich. We're gonna we're gonna coin this. And we're going to, it's going to be my alter ego when I've got something to rant about or when I'm going to go crazy, this is the guy that's going to be. So our, our designer even brought, made up a little bit of a logo. We put it on some coffee mugs and stuff. We sold like 10 shirts, like right off the bat and people just, they've loved it. They, they just think it's the funniest thing in the world. I, I think it's great. And I think it's great that you guys, I don't say reinvented yourself because you guys are still doing amazing football and baseball content over there. But you know what I get the feeling of? It's a nice transition to what we're going to talk about tonight, which is some of this free agency and the NFL. I kind of get like this metamorphosis, this picture of, you know, like Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like all of a sudden one day he morphed into Ryan Fitzmagic. Yes. He, he showed up in a bowling shirt. He was borrowing some of Deshaun Jackson's chains. Mm-hmm. Uh, some sun, it was like Deshaun Jackson met Connor McGregor. And that kind of feels like what I'm, I'm getting this vibe. So Kyle, you're our guest. So we're going to go, uh, three different categories. We're, we're going to try to give you as much as we can. I've already made the determination at some point, either on Wednesday night or Thursday night. I'll drop a bonus pod on Friday. Uh, hopefully by then we'll have some news on guys like Juju, guys like Kenny Galladay, some of the running backs. But what was your fist pump moment of day one? So, and I can, you can count that as Sunday as well because I'm going to give you a spoiler. M- mine was from Sunday. So, what was the first free agent move that you saw that you were like, yes, little little fist pump? Well, it was Johnu Smith to begin with, but that's that that's a backseat now, and we'll probably talk about that one a few in a few more minutes, but. It's Ryan Fitzpatrick now, you know, that news coming really late, kind of first day of the tampering period or second day or whatever it was. But that's kind of been like my yes, like that's happening. We're good. Like I'm excited for it. Yeah, because today's Tuesday, right? So my days are all off. So I'm ready for it because I'm ready for some Terry McLaurin ceiling to come out. I mean, last year, 
even with the quarterbacks that they had, he had such a good floor. It seemed like every single week until kind of the end of end of the season. Um, but now we get some of that untapped potential. And even earlier today, I, I had tweeted about it because I was like, I'm old enough to remember when Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to make Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker basically wide receiver ones in a season, uh, which seems so long ago now. But it was 2015, and they combined for over 2,000 yards and 26 touchdowns. So, I mean, the guy, he's he's a gunslinger. He's going to throw it. He's going to get the ball to his guys. I'm ready for Terry McLaurin to be one of those guys. and to really unlock that ceiling that we've been waiting for. Well, that's awesome. So for me, I'm a big Terry McLaren guy. Um, he was one of my best calls I think I've ever had in, in rookie in the rookie world. And not only should you be excited about the gunslinger that is Fitzmagic, maybe we should start calling him Swaggy Fitz. But what I also love is the you know do that cross reference. Not only take Fitz, but look at the offensive coordinator in Washington, which is Scott Turner. And look at how he fed DJ Moore in 2019. And then Terry McLaren still had like a hundred and I think 130 targets last year. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to get 130 targets from a less timid and nothing against Alex Smith. The guy deserves a medal. It should be the Alex Smith comeback player of the year award. But man, we saw what this man not only did for him, he helped Devontae Parker break out and, and have yep. some good games. So Jerry, what are your thoughts on uh, Fitz magic? And uh, what was your fist pump moment of day one? Bro, I could have done a backflip when I saw it because we have watched Terry. And we're gonna. This is gonna be a Terry segment. I think everybody thinks it's gonna be a Terry segment. So we're. I'm just gonna keep it rolling. <laughs> we, it, we, this man has had to deal with crumb bum shoe clerks. Bless Alex Smith's heart. You already brought it up, but just nothing exciting ever ever comes from his fantasy production. Uh, I mean, this is the same guy that when he was in Kansas City, they had zero touchdowns to the wide receivers. Yes, I am excited. I am excited for that because. I am a person that likes to steal the knowledge of smarter players. And and Randy, you have been talking about Terry since he was a wee lad. And I have stolen that information for my own benefit because I am so, so greedy. And so I have tons of shares of the man. So yes, I am very excited about that. There's another guy that I have a lot of shares of. And I will surprise exactly zero Dynasty War Zone people uh, about that. And that is James Robinson. So the guy I was extremely happy to see signed was Carlos Hyde. Mm-hmm. Because it's probably going to mean they're not going to be investing high capital into anybody. It's likely that they're not going to sign, you know, James Conner or Kenyon Drake or, or Marlon Mack or any of these guys. We have the old cast off running back of Urban Meyer's Ohio State team. He's familiar with him, so he brought him in. I don't really think it's going to be a huge deal. And as a James Robinson stan, a person that is one of the conductors of his stan base, I am the guy in Back to the Future that's throwing red logs into the fire so I can get up to 88 miles an hour with James Robinson. Yes, I am so damn happy that they did not bring in anyone extremely detrimental to his value. So Carlos Hyde was a fist pump for me, and it wasn't because of Carlos Hyde. Perfect. Perfectly uh, set on that one. Yeah, I we we uh, I've been doing this since the James Robinson. Whenever I see a tweet that's really like just basically a boring, a boring announcement. Like earlier today, it came out that uh, Malcolm Brown signed in uh, Miami with the Dolphins, and I retweeted Ian Rappaport and said this is a Cam Akers tweet. 
when I saw the Carlos Hydewood, it was like, this is a James Robinson tweet. For, for, for me, it was Aaron Jones going back to the Packers. Um, dude, Aaron Jones has been a find. Uh, I'll give credit to my boy Addison Hayes, someone we're all familiar with from way back in the day. And he was one of the original Aaron Jones fans out there. I think Aaron Jones was his James Robinson, if, I, if I'm being honest. But I, I love the fact that he made the decision to stay in Green Bay. I mean, he's been a monster the last couple of years there that keeps the band together, if you will. And I kind of liked poking the bear that was the A.J. Dillon fans of the world. But, but, but here's the thing. Here's the ugly, uh, uh, the ugly, ugly underbelly of that is that don't tell them because it's fun to poke them with a stick. But A.J. Dillon can still be good in this offense. As good as Aaron Jones was last year, he only had about a 51% snap share. In that offense, the Packers ran about 1,050 plays. And if the number I remember is correctly, Aaron Jones played 529. Jamal Williams, who's already said that he's not coming back, played 450-ish. And then Dylan and something named Tyler Irvin had about 100 apiece. So there's going to be more than enough room for for A.J. Dillon to be relevant. My fear is that as a non-pass catching back, that he's going to be tough. He's going to be like a situation dependent or if uh, if, uh, Aaron Jones gets injured, I could see where that would be an issue. What about you, Kyle? What'd you think about the Aaron Jones and then Jerry's boy, James Robinson? Oh, well, I mean, I'll tell you, I, I love James Robinson. That, that train that you're driving, I'm right up there kind of right behind you. You're driving, but I'm just making sure that the people that are trying to jump on, I'm just like kicking them off. It's too late. You're you're Doc Brown helping me out. Get, get (laughs) there. I mean, I wrote I wrote an article in July for our Patreon subscribers that talked about James Robinson that said, if Leonard Fournette is cut, get this guy or keep him on your radar. So it was really early on with me as well, where I was like, this is a guy that could end up making an impact if he gets an opportunity and he did it. So right there with you. Love that they went with Carlos Hyde because I was worried it was going to be like a Chris Carson. Chris Carson would have scared me that I wouldn't have liked that any type of a really draft pick. And I said it in a video too, because I did like a players with the most to lose. And I, I listed James Robinson and I said, they've talked about adding some guys to the running back room. And I'm not really worried about it because if you look at last year, they had no depth at the position basically. So they're going to want to fix that. So I'm not really worried that they're going to bring anyone in, but I even said in the video, I was like, people who love to argue about draft capital, well, anybody that they draft is going to have better draft capital than Robinson. So I mean, that's just going to be something people argue about all offseason. So, I mean, they could still maybe spend like a late round pick or something. But Carlos Hyde knows the system, played for Urban Meyer. I mean, that's a good guy to bring in to kind of help move James Robinson along. Hyde is done as a starting running back. That's not going to happen anymore. And then as far as Aaron Jones, yeah, uh, I mean, it it didn't surprise me too much because, yeah, he didn't get the franchise tag, but there was just something that really felt like – Green Bay isn't going to want to get rid of this guy. They're going to want to keep him around and they're going to want him there uh, to be with Aaron, uh, to be with Aaron Rodgers. So there was just something in the back of my mind that was like, I feel like he's going to be coming back. So, you know, it did hurt a lot of AJ Dillon truthers. Uh, They're still trying to recover from that little bit of a shock. Um, But, you know, no Jamal Williams means great things for A.J. Dillon. I think that they can split this backfield. I think they can do a lot of things. Um, The the thing I worry about with Aaron Jones is maybe some inconsistencies. If A.J. Dillon does get on a roll, do they just stick with the hot hand at that point if he's having a good game? 
Um, something that we worried about last year with Aaron Jones with some of those red zone touches. I mean, he had so many touchdowns in the red zone the year prior when he got to 16. It was like when you bring in a big back like A.J. Dillon, is he really going to be able to replicate that? So is Jones really going to be used inside the 10-5 and at the goal line? So there might be some inconsistency with Aaron Jones. So from a fantasy football standpoint, I still think the guy can be like a, a low end running back one in my eye. In my eyes, I think we're looking at maybe like a round two pick. I'm a little bit hesitant to go any further than that, though, because when you use a second round pick on a running back, I feel like you're going to use him. Or I hope you would anyway. But it is Green Bay. They've made some very questionable decisions lately. So. Yeah, Green Bay does make sketchy decisions. I just love the fact that Aaron Jones was the RB5 overall last year in full point PPR, and he missed two games. So mm-hmm. that, that And he only had 50% you know, snap share. So he can do a lot of good for your roster with very little points. But if you're not like a top three or four roster in your dynasty league, they, they, this has given you a great opportunity to bail on him. If you want to, you know, you got to sell the, Hey, he was the RB two, two years ago, the RB five last year, he's coming back with a rod, you know, third year in this, in this league. And uh, so, but I, I do like him. I, I don't think you lost a bit of value in your dynasty league. Uh, Jerry, now I know day two. Um, I, I have a friend again, we're celebrating a, a great national holiday with it being Steve Austin day. He, he does. Steve Austin is here. He's going to tell us his thoughts real quick on the, the day two of free agency. Here it is. can't say he's wrong been pretty pretty boring but jerry was there a day two move that you just absolutely gave a little fist pump on um i like i I don't think there was any i was extremely excited about because listen stone cold already told you everything that you needed to know about the thing listen he made the show harder for us which is unfortunate i i like things to be done easily for me but if there was one thing that sort of got me you know a little bit excited it was the matt ryan restructuring re-signing uh i have a lot of kelvin ridley i'm a big kelvin ridley guy you know matt ryan likes him what what do you want from me and and he's got arthur smith in that system now they're going to need a little bit of stability with a new coach coming in. So I, I, I was excited to see that just because, you know, you, you bring a rookie in and you have, you know, I mean, Julio Jones is a bit of a dying dynasty asset, but he, he still has some value. Calvin Ridley's one of the top wide receivers in the league. You know, you, you bring in a rookie, it really throws a wrench into their value. You don't really know what to do going forward. So it's nice to see a little stability. I was excited about that. Nothing, nothing like Carlos Hyde though. That one, that one was like a, that was like an extra scoop of ice cream. When you go to Baskin Robbins or something, the the employees just helping you out. This one is like, I got to, I got to taste test a little vanilla on the, the little, the little wooden scoop that they give you that all you can taste is the wood. That's what this one was. Oh, no, yeah. no, those, no, those no. little cups from like elementary yeah. school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, but, but before I throw it to Kyle, I just want to say, um, Jerry, you 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 never cease to amaze me. I am so impressed with your day two. That's a good one. And if you're in a super flex league and you have a Matt Ryan or two on on your roster, his dead cap number next year is forty eight million dollars. Man, this is the insulation to your Calvin Ridley because there's been a lot of speculation they could be going rookie quarterback at four whether that would be like a fields or a lance there i mean this really insulates his value for a couple of seasons as well as ridley and and some of the other offensive weapons kyle i'm gonna throw it back to you i'm just gonna sit here and be befuddled confused and flabbergasted at how smart jerry was 
<laughs> Every once in a while, I get things right. Give me some credit when it happens. Credit. Credit due to you right there. Uh, you know, again, there wasn't a whole lot of things I was pumping my fist about today. Um, you know, there, there's a couple of them. It was kind of a tie for me. You know, Marvin Jones, I think signing um, in Jacksonville, I like that not only for like his value working with Trevor Lawrence, potentially. I mean, the things could still change, but I think we're basically everybody's on board. That's going to be Lawrence. But, you know, I think it helps DJ Chark a little bit as well. But then also back to James Robinson there in Jacksonville. I mean, I think it just helps him, too, because, I, I mean, Urban Meyer likes Jerry. We've seen more than enough Urban Meyer offense in our day. So we know exactly what's going on. Speed and spread it out. Like, that's what they want. That's what they want to do. And that's what they're going to do here. And that's why when people are like, Marvin Jones, really, I'm like, it makes sense to me. Like, I mean, the dude, nine touchdowns in like three of his last four years or four of his last five years or whatever it was, you know, led the led the league in uh, yards per reception just a few years ago with, uh, with Matthew Stafford there in Detroit. Um, you know, he's going to be able to stretch the field. DJ Chark's going to be able to stretch the field. Now you've got open space, hopefully pulling players back away from that offensive line of scrimmage so James Robinson's got a little bit more room to run um it's going to help LaVisca Chenault he's going to have a little bit more space now hopefully in the middle of the field to kind of operate so I I like that move I don't think a lot of people were super excited about it from an overall offensive standpoint I was like I kind of like this I think this is going to work really really well for them well, I was going to go Marvin Jones as well, and but it wasn't for Marvin Jones's dynasty value. It was for exactly what Kyle said. It really helps everyone named Marvin Jones, to be honest. It, it could have a little touchdown impact on DJ Chark, but I also like that Marvin Jones seems to be a professional dude that still, even though DJ Chark's going into, I believe, his fourth year in the league, LaVisca going into year two, uh, rookie quarterback, year two running back, just a young offense, and Marvin Jones... If it wasn't Marvin Jones, it would have broke my heart as a Colts fan to have seen like T.Y. Hilton, but a, a professional, a guy, a professional wide receiver to go in there and help a bunch of young dudes. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and duck and avoid trash and trash cans being thrown at me before I said my day two guy. I'll go ahead and do it to myself. You're a loser. Loser. But But for me... It was John Ross going to the New York Giants. A couple of million bucks. I mean, it was a dirt cheap deal. But there, if there was one component to that New York offense that they were really missing was some speed. Now, Darius Slayton's been a good outside wide receiver for them. But when you put a guy – now, my, my concern with John Ross is that he's basically played about 40% of the games he's been eligible for. So he's a walking injury waiting to happen. But if, if there's ever, I guess you can't go wrong with speed. I mean, he's a guy for, as crazy as it sounds, he's got 10 touchdowns in 20 career starts, in 27 career games. Does he and really? He, he does. In his second year, he had seven. If you, would have, if you would have bet $100 on that, you would have easily gotten $100 it's out of It's a me. great bar bet, kids, <laughs> as bars and restaurants and taverns across this great, great nation reopen. It's a great bar bet. Hey. Did you know John Ross has got double-digit career touchdowns? Oh, you're full of shit. Now, well, I'll bet you a beer, and I just won you a free Michelob. Uh, but, yeah, he's, he's got – Hopefully it's, not. Hopefully that's hopefully not, not Yeah, no, hopefully, yeah. Some, something much better than a Michelob. But, I mean, think about it. A guy with, what is he, like 4.22 speed? I mean, even if he's lost a tenth of a mile an hour – or a tenth of a second, excuse me, because of injuries. I mean, think about what that does for Saquon. Think about what that does for Evan Ingram. Think about what that does for the rest of the offense. And 
that pulls the safety out of the box. You have to respect speed in the NFL. And this guy, when healthy, you know, can do it. And, you know, this is uh, basically he's playing for his career. So it really wasn't so much for my John Ross shares tucked way down deep on the back end of a dynasty roster. It was really more about what he could do for my Saquon Barkley's, my Daniel Jones. Uh, from I, our I, I think it, it does help Daniel Jones a little bit just because they're, you know, bless Golden Tate's sweet Detroit Lion heart. But uh, the, the time has come and, and it is past. Uh, I don't think John Ross is worth a wet sock, but I do think he helps out Daniel Jones a little bit. What do you think, Kyle? I mean, if you stick him and Slayton on the outside and we get Shepard back into the slot, that that's where I start to get a little bit excited there is getting Shepard into the slot a little bit more and not really pushing. I feel like he just excels there a little bit better than what he does is playing on the outside. So I'm for it. I mean, I don't think I don't think I'll be like buying any John Ross shares or really be be into it, but like you said, this is kind of a move that makes me excited for the other people on the team around him just because of what that speed and possibility brings. You know, maybe he he hauls in a, a nice 50, 60 yard touchdown every once in a while and you you get to win some cash in a DFS lineup because it was a it was a good bet that day. But um, I don't know if he'll just be consistent enough to be in the lineup. But for everybody else, I like it. Open that up. All right, well, I'm going to call our second timeout real quick, and this one is for Viridian Global. Now, if you're watching live on Twitter or you're watching back on YouTube, you can see Jerry rocking that classic DWZ cap. And we have got so much more. My uh, my new signature T-shirt, the Working Harder Than an Ugly Stripper T-shirt, is up and available at, Dyna- at the uh, Viridian Global store, the Dynasty Warzone page. Uh, also be on the lookout for the we're all landing spot dependent and the you're on the clock t-shirts coming to you from our friends at Viridian Global and our graphics guy, Matty Big Chest at Matty Big Chest on Twitter. So head over to Viridian Global. That's V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N Viridian Global and uh, check out the new gear. They'll all be up by the end of the month. So uh, I'll, I'll go right into this next segment. We'll keep it somewhat clean. Uh, We'll call it the WTF moment. Kyle, what was your WTF moment of the day one signings? Day one was Nelson Aguilar for me. I, that signing to to New England there, I I don't love it at all. I don't love it for him. I don't love it I, for the offense. Yeah, again, because you're you're looking at a guy that can stretch the field and everything like that, but. I mean, he had that kind of breakout year last year. You know, the, the dropsies that he's always had an issue with kind of disappeared a little bit. Him and Derek Carr were on the same page. I was hoping that they would get a deal done to potentially bring him back. Um, but I just don't think that's a good fit. So the the type of flex or wide receiver three value we saw out of him last year, the type of long-term potential breakout where he kind of stays maybe at that level. If he would have stayed in Las Vegas or, you know, went to a little bit better of a situation, that's fine. But I think his value just tanked with this move to New England. Jerry, what was your day one? What the hell? What the fudge sickles? Uh, I, I don't remember if it was exactly, exactly day one. I know part of it was the, the, the T- Taysom Hill thing. I mean, the, the Saints in general, that whole situation – what in the absolute F is going on? Is They re-signed them both. Are you kidding me? You couldn't give me a little bit of clarification. Do, do they not just text dynasty managers at any point? They just they don't want to make our lives easy at all. Listen, I, it, listen. Drew Brees retired, and I was like, okay, 
perfect. Let's see what we got. You know, it, it, listen, Drew was cooked. We saw it, it, it. You know, the time the time was was now, and I thought we would get a little bit of clarity. And instead, they spit directly into my face. Uh, I have some Taysom Hill. I have some Jameis. I don't know. I, I'm sort of at the point where I'll probably sell them for anything because I don't know what the hell is going to happen with either of them. You know, it's, you know, Jameis can throw up unbelievable amounts of yards and touchdowns and you just have to eat the interceptions when he plays. Taysom Hill is a, he was productive. You cannot say the man wasn't, even if it looked ugly. As long as you didn't watch the games and you, you just looked at the fantasy scores, you thought Taysom Hill was great. You You were thrilled to have the man. You watched him. You never want to roster him on any team, but that 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 was my moment. I don't. It, it was something, and, and there was a couple teams, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about different situations where that was one. But yeah, I don't I, I don't know what the hell happened with the Saints. I got I got nothing. There was no clarity. It was evil, is what it was for every dynasty owner in the world. It was evil. For me, uh, what do the kids say nowadays? Vibes. I got Steve Spurrier vibes. I got, I got, I, I got, I got two quarterbacks because you know, you know as well as I do that Sean Payton is going to mix these two in series to series, game to game. It's going to be very opponent dependent, and you know they're going to try to you know w- use magic or trickery or whatever you want to see. And I don't think either guy's a, a full sixteen game starter unless one of them tears an ACL. In the preseason, you just have to hope that if you are a Alvin Kamara GM, a Michael Thomas GM, I know there's a lot of buzz in the dynasty world about Adam Troutman right now, that that it's Jameis and not Tyson Hill or Taysom Hill, whatever the blue hell his name is. But I'll tell you one that actually had me more befuddled than that, and that was the New England Patriots. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, it's, it's like they're just, just grabbing everybody. And I get it. I get that they want to use, you know, what Cam Newton does best. And they've, you know, had success in the past using two tight end sets. But that's cool. But who's playing outside? You've got big body, can't separate, and Keel Harry. Does that force Nelson Aguilar back to the outside? Or is it Jacoby Myers? What are we doing with Kendrick Bourne? How are you going to get both tight ends on the field? What in the hell are we doing what, what does this offense look like? I, I mean, it's it's like you take a bunch of really good things that you enjoy eating. And like it's got ice cream, you got some steak, you have some carrots, you have some apples. But if you chop all that stuff up and throw it in a blender, it's not going to taste real good. I have no clue of what the Patriots were doing on day one and on day two. And I'm not so sure that Cam Newton's the starter. I feel like we may talk about this too. But I'm not so sure that Ryan Fitzmagic is the starter. I'm not so sure that Andy Dalton is the starter. You I'm not shut so... your mouth. Hey, hey, listen. <laughs> in, in, in 2021, backups making five to ten million dollars is is very. Jerry was so mad that he literally left the the, the live feed. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll get him. Maybe. Well, there he is. He's he was so mad that he literally left his own show. Uh, but no, I, I truly believe that. I mean, I, I jokingly said the other day that on Twitter that I, I fixed the, the Detroit Lions. You draft Trey Lance at seven. You trade Jared Goff to the Washington football team. You get their 19th pick for Jared Goff. You then in turn get three first round picks for Matt Stafford. You literally if call. they gave us the 19th pick for Jared Goff, you, I would you, drive down there and I would kiss every single person in the state. You, yep. you, you literally call 
Um, if they gave us know, a second for Jared Goff, I'd kiss you, you half call of them. him. Oh, I guarantee you get a first. I guarantee you right now with the interest that that Jared Goff had, that if the football team could get him for number nineteen, they'd do it. You then call Seattle and you horse laugh him, and then you draft Rashad Bateman with nineteen overall, and you build that offense around Lance Bateman, Swift, and Hawkinson. It's not that hard. But but Kyle Kyle what got a little bit excited listening to that. Unfortunately, sane human beings move. have never run the Detroit Lions. It's oh. not hard if you if you just say it out loud. You you can't. This is a move that you clearly can't execute until you're on the clock at 107 in April. But hey, Trey Lance is there. I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm not going to wait a year. My head coach has got a six year contract. My GM's got a six year contract. We have one of, if not the toughest schedules in football. In 2021, let these young guys go out there and take their lumps together, grow together, and then we'll have two more, you know, two more draft picks in 2021. And, and, and you move forward. I, I don't know. We'll talk about the Lions and what they do on draft day later. But what was your overall take? I know you already mentioned Nelson Aguilar. What did you think about the two tight ends and Janu and Hunter and then Kendrick Bourne? Yeah, this is so- mesh. Hunter Hunter Henry was my day two WTF moment. When I saw that news this morning, I literally just I, I had to sit there and just stare at it for a second because I was like, "Damn it, Bill!" Like, <laughs> I did the same thing. I was like, "Am I, I reading I this TV?" Line? And I go, "Really? Why?" Jesus. I it's. I was so excited for Smith to get out of Tennessee, and I really wanted to see Hunter Henry go back to Los Angeles. I, I I was assuming that that wasn't going to happen. I figured he would probably chase money somewhere. Not, I don't want to say chase money, but I figured he'd probably go somewhere and sign a pretty big deal. So when John lands in New England, I'm like, okay, perfect. One of the spots we want to tie it in to go to. So where is Hunter Henry going to go? And then they end up on the same team and completely blow all of this excitement out of the water. I'm trying to record this Hunter Henry reaction video, and I've got people commenting on YouTube, Kyle, you look absolutely defeated right now. I was like, I am, because these are two of my favorite tight ends. Like, these are guys that I have stood behind for a while now, and it's just completely tanked their value. Can, can they can they be there together? I mean, yeah, we have seen it. I mean, Hernandez and Gronk had really one huge year together. And that, you know, that was when Hernandez had like 900 yards and like seven touchdowns. Um, so, it, I mean, there was three good years and then like one huge year. But are they really going to be able to go back to that? Like, that's something that happened one time. I like Smith and I like Henry. I think they're both uber talented. I don't think either of them are at Gronk's level. I think both of them could compete with Aaron Hernandez in terms of talent. But it's like, okay, we're really reverting back to, you know, it feels like the early 2010s when this happened and and we're going to make this work. It's, It's hard to get super excited for it. And, you know, you mentioned it a second ago with, is Cam Newton really going to be the starter? I mean, if he is, I think he can get both of them the ball, not on a consistent basis. One's going to be a start one week. Another one's going to be a start. It's basically going to feel like kind of what Tennessee, or not Tennessee, but what Indianapolis was last year. Like if you combined all of Indianapolis's 2020 tight end numbers, you get like a tight end four. But if you separate them all out, you never knew who in the hell was going to be the guy that week. It just, it always switched back and forth. And that's what I fear is going to happen. And now with the, these guys locked in for three years, it's it, it's it's going to be difficult. My before I get Jerry's take on the whole New England thing is my biggest fear is that in this offense last year, Cam Newton only attempted attempted 
25 passes a game. And he completed 16. Now, how does that get chopped up between the running backs, between the two tight ends, between the wide receivers? That's not a lot of volume to go even three or four ways, much less the potential five. We didn't even talk about Julian Edelman if he comes back. So for me, this is a very, very sketchy offense to be invested in from a dynasty standpoint. And uh, I'm going to give Jerry the final word on these WTF moments before we go into uh, things to make you go, hmm. What in the hell, Bill? Like Kyle said, extremely excited about Jonu Smith. This is this is Cam Newton. You know, he's he's not going to be launching it. He's not Jameis. He's not throwing it 55 yards down the field. He's, you know, he got in that car accident, broke his rib. You know, the little kid from the commercial, he get, you know, giving him the shoulder warm up. He's, you know, he's old. You know, I mean, not like human old, but like giant football player old. He, he, he was going to be able to funnel it to a tight end. And Janu is a person that can just go. He's gone. He's so, so deceptive in his speed and with his size and everything. And I was thrilled to see it. And like I said earlier with Kyle, I was at work today and I looked across the screen and I saw Hunter Henry signed and I go, ooh, and I go around the corner and I read it. Why? Why do, why do you do this to me? It, it, like, I, like I said that the Saints spit in my face, Bill Belichick punched it. And and it was not a soft punch. It was a horrible punch and an evil punch. Randy, we did our, our tight end show uh, like a month ago at this point, whenever it was. I was high on Hunter Henry. And it's funny because I have been a pretty anti-Hunter Henry guy for his existence in the league. But for whatever reason, I felt a new scenery was going to really help him out. And and I've been a Janu guy. And then he goes, and I'm so excited about Janu. And then Hunter Henry goes to the same exact place. And now I have to hate them both. And the tight end position is already a barren wasteland of joy for anyone that plays this game. And it got immensely worse because we had two guys that we could at least get a little bit of hype on. And they ruined it. They ruined it for me. They ruined it for you. They ruined it for Kyle. They ruined it for everybody listening because they hate us and they want us dead. That's the only explanation that I can see. I will Uh, say this. In Dynasty Leagues, I I, I would capitalize on this right now if I'm somebody Go get Hunter Henry and John New Smith. Get both of them. And if you already have a tight end that you can start, just nestle them on the roster. Keep them there. Nobody else wants to deal with them. Because from 2011 to 2016, this was before Greg Olson had his back-to-back years of being hurt. So in this prime with Cam Newton, Cam to Greg Olson per year, 113 targets, 71 receptions, and 897 yards. Now, you lose some of those touchdown numbers because Cam runs the ball so much in the red zone and towards the goal line. So you're going to lose out on some of those touchdowns, but the volume is going to be there. And you've got two guys that are uber athletic. Jonu Smith, again, very deceptive with the speed. His acceleration can create yards after the catch. That's what we love to see. That volume was was going to be there. But another thing, too, both of these guys have had some injury concerns. And if either of them goes down and misses an extended period of time, you've got yourself a potential top five tight end. Then you roll them out at that point and you just wave to your league as you head up this first place. Or you sell them because you know the hype is going to be stupid expensive when that happens. Two amazing points. Let me hit you guys with a a quick would you rather. So 
it came out today that Philadelphia is giving Zach Ertz permission to seek a trade. I don't know how that works, but in in a vacuum, Zach Ertz without a team or one of these two guys, who do you want in Dynasty? You said Zach Ertz without a team? Yeah, you have no idea where he's going. You just have to choose one. It's tough. Uh, do like, I have where, where, where are you going to go where, where you're excited about him? Do I have to pick between the three or can I take the two and, or Ertz? Uh, if you if you can get the two for Ertz, then yes, you can. You, you're you're a good trader. You could probably make that happen. Okay, so if if I can pick between either Smith and Henry or Ertz, then I will take Smith and Henry right now, and then I'll just figure the rest out later. I think I'm probably just going. I mean, it, it, preferably what Kyle's saying, but let's say we don't live in a nice world because I got I got leagues with Randy. He's a, he's an evil person to trade with, so he's not going to help me out like that. I, I would probably go for Janu just because I like Janu's talent. I think he's probably a little bit cheaper than Hunter Henry, and I really think Zach. I don't want to say Zach Ertz is cooked because uh, I don't think that's entirely true, but I don't think there's a situation where he becomes more valuable if you acquire him. So I think I would probably go with him over Zach Ertz. Janu, that is. I, I'm going to go Zach Ertz because he's still younger. Than, than, hold, on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, you know on. how many times I've had to sit here at this computer and listen to you badmouth the good name of Zach Ertz, and you're going to come out here and I, say that you'd rather have roll. him? You better have a good argument is what I'm saying. Well, first of all, I'm the one who dubbed him Santa Ertz because a few years ago he only delivered in, in December like Santa Claus. Then he had a couple of great breakout years, and, and then, then I moved over to the Zach Ertz side. But here's the thing, guys. I mean, he's he is just now 30 years old, which – Again, like Jerry said, is not old, but in relation to the NFL, that's kind of old. He just turned 30 in November. so But he's still a year younger than Travis Kelsey. And if he lands at Indianapolis, if he replaces Hunter Henry in L.A., if he were to wind up in Seattle with Russell Wilson, I mean, Russell Wilson's a tight end kingmaker if the guy can stay healthy. I just know there's a lot of spots Zach Ertz could wind up. And if he's the only all right. I'm our, give you the our, man K-Mac, our, our, our man K-Mac in the comments said the Patriots will probably sign him too. So I'm going to flip my computer if that happens, just for the record. <laughs> okay, he's, Mac. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to go to, uh, he's go to Baltimore. He'll be the fourth tight end in Baltimore. That, that's yeah. what it felt like. All in the Patriots on this, it felt like the Patriots were trying to do a like Walmart version of what the Baltimore Ravens have been doing with, with our man, with our man uh, uh, Lamar. So I'm going to call my final timeout real quick and talk about our other sponsor, Hate Brand Goods. This is my athletic apparel sponsor. Uh, if you're following me on Twitter at Memphis185, or uh, that's actually Instagram is Memphis185, and you see me wearing these things in the gym, I wear them every day. Matt, the owner, is a two-time world champion in the Highland Games. Yeah, those big guys throwing logs like telephone poles in fields and rocks. That's this dude. He was a champion-level shot putter at LSU down there in Louisiana. And he's just a good overall dude. So you should follow him at I Hate Matt Vincent on Instagram. And uh, stick around into the show to hear a little story about the message behind the brand. And if you check him out, you can use my promo code MEMPHIS at checkout. And that will save you a couple of bucks. The website is thehviii.com. 
So, all right, we have one last segment. We're right on track with our very special guest, Mr. Kyle Richardson of I have the to Fantasy. say real quick, I just found the comment section. I had no idea that this was here. So yeah. I've seen K-Mac out there and Ethan and uh, Gainsfield, yeah. some of our uh, – some of our uh, subscribers over at the Fantasy Headliners are cool to see them. And I've yelled at Gansfield probably several times over the last couple of days because he keeps trying to say Ferksker is better than Janu, and I'm not having any of it. He's been banned on several platforms because of oh, that. Well-deserved. We, we, Sorry. We, listen, we, we, I would normally have your back, my man, but I can't, I can't get behind <laughs> you on that one. So, so you guys know I did a ton of prop bets. We started the People's Prop Cast at like week nine, and I had an amazing just – Part of it's luck. I mean, when when you hit when you go thirty two and ten on gambling anything, you're having a good run and you've had some good luck. I made a sizable wager on Anthony Ferkser over one and a half receptions. It was a game where Johnu was limited. I mean, I think I had it in the first eight minutes of the game. So I've got a special place in my heart financially <laughs> that ties me to Anthony because he Ferkser. got over one catch for you. He's got over two catches. I'll oh, have okay. you know. It was one point five catches, but uh, no, I, I I agree. As much money as Mister Ferkser won me that day, I will not go as far as to say Ferkser is better <laughs> than Janu. So so this this next segment is things to make you go hmm. Things that you saw on day one or day two that made you think, man, this could go a many a different way. So, Kyle, was there a move that you saw on, I guess we'll call it Sunday or Monday, Ooh. that you thought, man, th- th- this could go, this could be good or bad? Probably Corey Davis for me. And, I mean, I, I love Corey Davis. I-, I'm, I still have not given up on him. So, seeing him play so well this year was absolutely great. But I did say, I, I did say, too, that, AJ Brown had a lot to do with that. It wasn't just Corey Davis breaking out. It was it was Corey Davis not needing to be the wide receiver one on a team. So my hope was is that he would go somewhere where he didn't need to be, like Green Bay. I was hoping Green Bay might throw their hat in the mix a little bit and finally do something for a weapon that's not named Aaron Jones. Um, so then when I see him go to New York, I'm like, oh, okay, all right. I think this depends a lot on how you feel about Denzel Mims. I mean, if you think Denzel Mims has got the talent to kind of be that that alpha wide receiver in an offense, then maybe Corey Davis will end up being just fine. If you don't, then uh, now you're asking him to face all the CB1s and asking him to be that guy. And not only that, but we don't know who's going to be throwing the ball either. I mean, me personally, I think we got to give Sam Darnold more time. Like, I'm not on the let's draft a quarterback or trade for one right now. But, I mean, Watson's name continues to pop up, even though it might not happen at this point. They're sitting at number two, so they're going to have their pick of anyone outside of Lawrence, more than likely. So, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, depending on who they get, and you know, I, I still have Justin Fields as my QB, too. So it's not Zach Wilson at this point. If it's Fields, I think that helps a little bit. But then again, too, is he going to have to be the wide receiver one? If he is, it's... Uh, all right, maybe he doesn't really get back to those numbers we just saw, and he ends up just kind of just floating off into nowhere. <laughs> now, now, Jerry, I, I think we're all going to So I saw you bob in your head when he said Corey Davis. Do you have a do you have an agreement there on Mr. Davis? Yeah, I mean, like Kyle said, I would have been so excited to see that man in Green Bay. Just, mm-hmm. he, 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 I mean, we saw MVS do good things. We've seen, you know. Alan Lazard do good things. You know, there has been a lot of guys that were 
not to the caliber of Corey Davis doing very big things. I think he would have been a consistent asset. You would have been happy to have him on your roster had he landed in a place like that. Instead, he goes to the Jets. Now, the Jets are not the Adam Gase Jets, uh, hopefully. I don't, I don't think they will be. I think Robert Sala is going to be pretty good for them. Uh, yeah, <laughs> fingers cl- crossed, please. Um, you know, I've already talked about getting spit in the face and punched in the face by an organization. I'd really love to not get kicked in the nuts by the Jets and have them be a repeat of Adam Gase. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 was, I was a Davis guy. I've been a Davis guy. I like to see him, you know, do things. Uh, I don't know. I'm also sort of a Denzel Mims guy. I don't, I, I don't know what to do with any of it. It's sort of a, it's a pickle. I am in a quandary to uh, use a fancier word than I am accustomed to. I don't know what they're going to do with their quarterback situation. It, it, it's a, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I've said, I don't know six times in this conversation because I don't know if it's going to be Sam Darnold. I don't know if Justin Fields is my QB two as well. I don't know if it's going to be him or Wilson or how Sal is going to do. There's too many questions for me to be confident in the situation. Randy, I know you are not the biggest Corey Davis uh, fan on the planet. What was your take? I, I'm guessing you did not think it was going to do wonders for him. You know, initially, um, and and I am willing to admit that my initial reaction was probably wrong. I did not like it. But as I was prepping for this show, I did a little research. And the Jets' new offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, he is a true Kyle Shanahan disciple. How true? Kyle Shanahan gave him his first uh, NFL coaching gig. He's followed Kyle Shanahan from Cleveland to Atlanta and now to San Francisco. He spent from 2014 through 2020 learning under the Kyle Shanahan offense. I will tell you this. Almost every Kyle Shanahan offense has its Andre Johnson or Julio Jones or some derivative thereof. And... It could be Denzel Mims. It could be Corey Davis. They're both six foot three. They're both two hundred and ten pounds. I hope they don't do not cannibalize each other. I hate to say this because I've been out there low key throwing out low ball offers on all things Jets. You know, someone is going to be. You think about the success of the running back position in a Kyle Shanahan offense, whether that's the McVay version. You know, Mike Lafleur's brother Matt Lafleur in Green Bay. We talked about Aaron Jones earlier. Someone in this backfield, if they're a good schematic fit, like a Travis Etienne, is going to land in this offense, and they are going to set dynasty rosters on fire. We have made fun of the Jets for so long that kind of like the the Lions, sorry, fellas, but kind of like the Lions that we just automatically assume that everything they touch turns to shit. I'm telling you, if if you are looking for low-key value, it might be harder, I can guarantee it would be harder to acquire Mims than Corey Davis. If you can acquire Corey Mims or if you see a LaMichael Pirine on the back end of rosters, they're not going to bring in a ton of guys. They've, they've made that clear already in free agency. If, if for some reason LaMichael Pirine's the guy behind the guy, awful violent position at running back. He, he stands to benefit very quickly. So my low-key secret and things that make me go, hmm, is not so much Corey Davis, although I'm intrigued because I'll buy the cheaper option than Denzel Mims. I'm more intrigued about this Jets offense in total with a QB upgrade, an offensive coordinator upgrade, and uh, the fact that it's still got that Adam Gase stank on it. The other thing that, that made me go, hmm, is the, uh, the L.A. Chargers spending some nice cap money on the offensive line. They brought in all-pro center uh, Corey Lindley from the Green Bay Packers. They brought in another versatile 
multi-positional lineman over from the Steelers. And they still have, I think it's the 12th or 11th overall pick in the draft. And I, I love the fact that they continue to, a lot of times we want to give our young our young quarterbacks, more weapons, give them more weapons, give them Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper. But I really think Baker got better last year when he got Jedrick Wills and he got um, uh, Jack Conklin. Jack, I was going to say Tyler Conklin, but that's Tyler Luan. And yeah, so they got Jack Conklin. That's when he really got good, in my opinion. So this, this makes me go, hmm, for not only Mr. Justin Herbert, but also awesome Eckler. So what do you guys think about my uh, my uh, Chargers take there? I love that take. And this this cracks me up every single year come draft time when we're doing our mock drafts and I have people in the comments they're like, "Oh, an offensive lineman. Like we don't need it's it's like, yeah, it's not sexy. All right. It's not it's not going to it's not going to make your loins burn a little bit, but it's it, but it's good for your team. It's it's just one of those positions where the things that you see happen on offense, you just don't see it because you're watching the offensive lineman. You're seeing the guys doing the work, the big plays and things like that. Well, where do you all think that comes from? It, it comes from the work down in the trenches, protecting your quarterback, those big runs that you see are from the guards pulling out and doing all these things that they need to do schematically. I mean, those things happen because you've got good, smart offensive linemen. So I, I love it that you bring that up because, you know, when, even when I'm doing these offseason, you know, free agent videos, I try to bring up the offensive line and talk about how that potentially affects the whole offense as a whole. And and when you've got a young guy like Justin Herbert that last year was not supposed to play at the level that he did, um, if you're a Herbert truther, then then he met that. But so many people after he after he goes back and just has a down season in Oregon, they're like, oh, he's going to need more time. And he goes in there, ac- basically accidentally gets in there because the athletic trainer stri- stabbed Tyrod. <laughs> so <laughs> stabs him on accident. But, you know, he, and then he steps in, and it's just like this kid was ready to go. Like if you've got a guy playing at that level, he's that young, and you've already got weapons there for him, protect him. Get the ground game going again. Make that a lot better. You're going to do that with these offensive line upgrades, and that's going to open up everything else for you. All right, Jerry, give you the last word on this, and then we're going to let Mr. Kyle promote what's going on over at the headliners as we go into draft season. No, I agree. And if, Listen, Justin Herbert is a guy that I was one of those people that was not in on the man. I watched him in his bowl game against Michigan State, and that team was – cheeks to use a gen z word uh and and we he was ugly in that game too um so yeah no here's the thing everybody loves everything that's sexy happens when kansas city takes clyde edwards hilaire in the first round everybody explodes in excitement Uh, nobody nobody talks about you know cleveland taking an offensive lineman that can you know helped completely change their offense so no let's kyle go take it away man tell us what you've been doing where you're going what is the the stratosphere is not even the limit for you guys. So uh, let the people know. Well, I appreciate that. And I want to bring up actually one more thing real quick on this subject, talking about offensive linemen, people last year, Austin Hooper signs with Cleveland and they're like, Oh, they've signed. He's going to be a pass catcher. He just broke out. And I'm like, wait a second. This offensive line was so bad. You're bringing in Austin Hooper that can actually help block a little bit on the offensive line. He's not coming in just to be a pass catcher. He's coming in to block and be an extension of that offensive line. And people are like, 
no, he's not. That's not going to happen. I'm like, yes, it is. Like, those are just the things that I think a lot of like fantasy owners don't like look at it because it doesn't like it doesn't really register. It doesn't pop off of, you know, the screen to them. But those are the things when you look at that and you really dive deep, that's where you become really successful in fantasy football because you've got that back end stuff where the wheels are always turning. But yeah, 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 yeah. It was funny how Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper went from a from a tight end one, a top three tight end in Dynasty to uh, Kyle Rudolph almost overnight. Ironically, the Stefanski connection, uh, it was almost deafening. But anyway, we want to know what's going on at the headliners. I know you guys are probably working on your annual draft kit. You guys have got like. Uh, a ginormous YouTube following. Um, I, I see the little with, plaque you yeah, got behind right you. Behind, okay. Right behind okay. Somebody made it. I see you out here. There we go. Just came. Yep. Actually, that was that was really cool. We only they technically only gave us one to start, and that goes to Jake because Jake started this. You know, he's CEO as we call him. Um, so he got that. But for Christmas, he called him up and he said, "Hey, I really need another one. Is there any way you can do that?" So they sent him one, and then he sent it to me. So that was it, a little tear to my eye, maybe a little bit. Uh, cried cried as the snow fell outside. But yeah, I mean. Things are going well over here. I mean, we're grinding. We were laughing about it earlier um, because one thing I really love this time of the year is doing breaking news videos. So when I see somebody is signed, I get on the computer, get graphics done, get things. So I've done like 13 videos in the last eight days now, um, but I love it. I mean, I absolutely love it. So things are good over here. YouTube's popping. We've expanded this year as well. So we have another new YouTube channel called Headliner U. Um, Chris Chouse and Chris Kennedy, a couple of guys that um, I don't, I don't think get nearly enough love in our community that we've been trying to really promote, do an excellent job, really breaking down those rookies and college level guys. Kane Fossil has joined us and he's going to be doing a lot on that channel as well. Um, We've taken our podcast and moved it out from Patreon and put it in the public. So we've kind of grown in that regard as well. So we're just, that's what we're doing. We got a gaming channel and we've got all this other stuff going on. So, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's just about grinding away. That's what it's about right now. Listen, Randy always says that he works harder than an ugly stripper, but you guys are also working harder than an ugly stripper, man. Good to well, see. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you one of those shirts. You can, you know, you can, if you're watching live on Twitter or you're going to plan on going back and watching it on YouTube, you will see that this man has many, many framed jerseys. Maybe he can frame one of those t-shirts and he can, work, <laughs> he can have it over his shoulder next to his pop Funkos. But man, super awesome of you to share an hour of your time with Jerry and I and, Yes, Kyle is super successful. He is, um, without making him feel too embarrassed, he is an, an amazing guest and he does a lot of big stuff. But man, he's been a good friend of Jerry and mine going back for years. So thank you for taking the time to jump on with us to take time to talk a little uh, free agent nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this this one is in my is in my book every single year. So you guys well, want me back i'll come back and hang out and we're going to hang out in canton this year too so absolutely yeah for those that don't know the fantasy football expo in canton ohio it's the 14th and the 15th of august jerry and i are going along with kyle from the ff smackdown uh we're trying to work now i know maddie's going to be there maddie's going to be hanging out with the dynasty rewind crew There'll be a lot of good people, man. Support the Midwest Fantasy Football Expo. If uh, you you got wheels, if you got plane tickets, whatever you got to do to get there, it will be a good time. Now, Jerry and I are going full nomad. We're not going to get a booth of our own. We're just going to crash the Fantasy Headliner booth. But we, but, but, I'm just going to shotgun beers at every single gonna, booth behind the camera. And, I'll, and I'll, I'll bring food. So I'll bring the food. We'll crash your guys' booth. 
uh, it'll be a great, a great thing. So, um, overall in, in free agency to this point, I have to give it a big old, but I will find time. Maybe I can grab Jerry or I'll grab a friend from the world of fantasy football Twitter. And we'll try to put something together for a Friday podcast because, you know, we, we have some more special guests coming next week. And we want to talk about what's left over for these rookies. Now that some of these free agents have taken some gigs, what did that open up for the rookie class? What's still there? Who do we have to sweat? Uh, but until next time, his name is Kyle Richardson. And his name is Gerald J. Sinclair. Make sure you're following both of these guys. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We'll see you back here soon. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start, and uh, how are things going with it? Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014, so now give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is. And um, that's apparel company I started then and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It start, and, uh, did it start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, yeah. like uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out or? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a book. And then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010 of uh, how to train for the Highland games called training lab. And one of the sections I wrote about in the book is called the hate. And this was just this kind of personal philosophy I had that my brother and I had spoke about, um, just with athletes that we admired. And it was these guys that just, you know, still on top, still, still willing to do the work to get better, that it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and mm. not about what had to do with anyone else. So they didn't hate and other it was people. This idea that you, you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. And it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. <laughs> that guy's willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. Hey, fellow Warzone listeners. My name is Zach Camps. Uh, if I'm not golfing or slinging my hands a monster. I'm usually thinking about Dynasty Fantasy Football. A couple months back, I joined the Patreon just to take my Dynasty passion to the next level. And I'll tell you what, well, let's just say there's writer downers for days in the Patreon. As a member, you get access to the bonus pod where the guys take the filter off and talk about a wide variety of topics that maybe they won't cover on the normal show. You also get access to Memphis and Jerry for one-on-one advice, personal dynasty dilemmas. They'll tackle them for you, help you out with it. You just don't get that anywhere else. But I'd say my favorite part about the Depth of Patreon is the uh, the group chat. Tell you what, these guys are some excellent minds. Tons of fun. The fire in there is amazing. Great platform to post trade questions, debate rookie values, share insight, interact with some cool people from across the globe. You know, shout out to those guys in Australia. They're blowing my phone up all the time. You know, the best part is there's no Twitter trolls or Facebook trolls arguing about stuff they don't know anything about. So uh, if you want to enjoy your dynasty experience even more, win those championships, pause the podcast right now, sign up, and you can thank me later in the group chat.